Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Why it matters. Money FM 89.3. It is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker. It's time now for Why It Matters. You know, this year has particularly been the year of generative AI. Lots of new developments, both impressed and alarmed people all over the world, even, you know, the likes of Hollywood for that matter. Fear seems to be the winning sentiment in the current business landscape. Even AI experts and industry executives are calling for an AI pause in developing more powerful systems. On the other hand, changing market dynamics are pushing APEC businesses to scale AI adoption and initiatives. So you've got concerns such as bias, lack of transparency and accountability, data privacy, security, ethical considerations, all risen to the forefront. But our next guest and his company is staunchly committed to developing solutions which are both effective and socially responsible. How are they doing this? Well, on the line with me is David R. Harden, who is Chief Executive Officer for Aboitit's Data Innovation. David, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, Elliot. And it's great to be here and thanks for having me back. Yeah, good to speak with you again. By the way, you were named 2022 ASEAN Editions Chief Data Officer of the Year at the CDO Trends Readers' Choice Awards. Congratulations, sir. You never mentioned that Thank to you me. very well much. Well done, sir. Well done. Okay. <laughs> Thank um, you very much. We've had a lot of off-air conversations about AM, so I'm quite excited about this. To start us off, I want to get your perspective. Do you think many sectors are not taking the opportunity to embrace AI? as quickly as they can. Yeah, no, absolutely. If, if, if there's one thing that's been evidently clear and we keep on, you know, again, kind of almost a bit getting shocked, you know, when Gen AI comes along around, when you just remember DeepMind was not too long ago, a few years ago, when you have applications like Netflix, it's something like, wow, the possibilities. Mm. But we're not using it. We're not realizing that the utter possibility in terms of either understanding your audience, your listeners, understanding your operations, it's, and, and let me just give you a very simple example. One which actually I love, Google has told me this. and said, David, with all the optimization we did in our data centers, with the best of our engineers, the moment we applied AI, we got another 20, 30% efficiency. That's the possibilities that we're not maximizing on for various reasons, but we're not maximizing them. Okay. Yet at the same time, there seems to be this fear of AI that tends to take center stage. I want to ask, why do you think so? And I want to add to that by saying, is it because we've watched too many movies, man? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember the first time I told one of my best friends that I'm going to see us, David, you're going to result in Terminator. I was like, we do watch a lot of movies. You know, imagination goes well. But let's take a balanced perspective. Everything, there will be a rightful concern. Of course, we want to make sure that the moment we use data about you as an individual, as an organization, it's done with prudence, it's done with governance, it's done with privacy. And that can be done, it can be baked in. Now, equally, we want to make sure that we build these applications, let's say risks of you know, potential discrimination, potential usage. Again, these are rightful concerns and are something to assure that we are treading along the lines that we need to and we're using things in the right approach. But we need to remember that coming up with these kind of vehemic statements like let's stop AI, let's stop development, that is impossible. It goes against our human nature. What we need to do is realize that AI, there's no such thing as a moral AI or ethics of AI. AI is a tool. It's mathematics. It's a capability. It's a means of understanding and using knowledge. It is us in how we use it, whether you're thinking about 
providing bank loans, whether you're thinking about internal in your business operations in, in terms of operational efficiency, whether in terms of understanding how to target your marketing campaigns, that is ultimately where you need to fundamentally apply that process of how are we using it? Are we doing it in a way that's aligned with our principles, our morals? And that's actually how organizations can do it. And it's very realistic and very possible. Yeah, and we've had this conversation as well. The problem seems to be there's this invisible barrier that's preventing people from looking at that possibility. Uh, fear of losing jobs always comes to mind. So how do we get there? How do we change minds? You know, absolutely. And if I'm, because I, 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 the topic of jobs is, is extremely close to my heart. In fact, when, when, previously when I was with MAS, uh, Monitor of Singapore, we actually commissioned a, a very comprehensive study that it looked at is it going to result in the impact of jobs. And it is one very overwhelming conclusion is that at the end of the day, it's not that AI is going to take jobs. It's people with skill sets and understanding and uh, appreciation of AI may take the jobs of other people. And that's true for any type of occupation. If you have someone with more advanced knowledge or capabilities, that will come along the lines. It's all about AI. So how do we change those mindsets? One is realization of all AI is, is a layer to understand a purpose, to understand a business. That's all it is. It's knowledge. And the key aspects from a business, it's not about, David, how, how do we use AI? How do we improve using AI? Or no. The question is, what is core to your business? What is it that you're trying to achieve? What is it that you're trying to engage? Is it to create a new business? Is it to improve on a business? Is it to solve existing challenges? That is that core element. AI is the access and the means to translate, understand information that's either already available or can be potentially available for a business objective. And that's what we've been focusing on, making it real. Okay. As simple as that. So David, I've been having a, a few interviews with lawyers and we've been talking about the role of AI in the future of law. And one of the conclusions <laughs> we keep circling back to is that, well, the human can serve a purpose in establishing policies, ethics, yeah. standards. Is this how we achieve harmony between man and artificial intelligence? Absolutely. And to me, I'm, and I know this just throwing another terminology out there, AI doesn't stand for artificial intelligence. It stands for augmented intelligence. Mm. It's, we have to realize, and I'm saying this as an advocate of AI, it is the synergy between people, human, and machine, AI, which will result in this greatness and these possibilities. And as I was just saying earlier, it is for us to come up with these governance, these standards, these policies, these principles. It is, we are the morality. AI does not have morality. AI is just, think, remember, if we break it down to its most simplistic form, AI is mathematics. It is one plus one equals two, obviously in a much more sophisticated manner. Mm. It is how we go about in interpreting it. It's a go about we applying it in the respective domains, in the application, in that uh, evolution. And it can be done. Like, I'll give you another simple example. Think of the, you know, Android or iPhone that we're all using today. And I don't know about you, but, you know, I was around before those existed. <laughs> they were, exactly. And I was too. We, we didn't suddenly have to be trained and the world. No, we're now all using it. It's like, you know, uh, breathing air. Yeah. That's what we need to realize. We constantly evolve. And this now to me, and what is it completely exciting about it, is imagine now that the ability to access exactly who's been listening in, where they've been listening, yeah. how they've been listening, to make it more aligned, more relevant, more 
follicle, etc. and so forth. That is exceedingly powerful. Yeah, I mean, it, it helps, right, because it helps you access the patterns and it highlights the areas worth looking at as far as the patterns or out of pattern goes. I look at your company name, right, about this data innovation. I like the way you put that, data innovation. How do you guys help set up or, or help guide us in terms of uh, forming these responsible AI frameworks? Mm. So I'm, I'm actually happy to ask that. So first and forth. It's not, it, ha- it can never be disconnected. It can't be a case that you'd use, you do data and you do AI and then you have responsibility. The two have to be baked in at the core. So for example, when you're going about using data, we always, and, and I don't know if you've seen this, there's actually been a global debate about the type of data that can use, whether it's sensitive, you know, things from religion, ethics, gender, et cetera, and whatnot. So at the core of it, it's about, do you know why you're using it? Is it justifiable? What are the principles with respect to what is it that we're trying to answer and address? Is it relevant? And that's kind of finding that balance. Secondly, it's really baking it back into that business process. So when, let's say, we're building a solution from a financial um, lending point of view, and for example, you happen to be someone who doesn't have a bank account, or you started a small business and you do not have two, three, four years of business operation, but you want to get that loan. The question is, well, do you allow me to use an alternative form of data, your electricity consumption, for example, or your, the way you're using your phone or your driving pattern, whatever. But you see, it's done overtly with consent. And you say, well, David, yes, go ahead, because that gives you a better means of understanding me and providing me alone. But I retain the power to saying, well, you know what? I don't want this anymore. So it is having that transparency and that dialogue. And then finally, of course, as with this whole broader discussion of ESG, sustainability, the alignment to the organization's, you know, mantra, mandate. Again, AI cannot be or data cannot be disconnected from that. It has to fall from that. So that's how we're helping. That's how we're kind of allowing and supporting organizations to realize that actually, once you break it down, we're doing this already. Yeah. We just don't realize we're doing it. I like the way you put it, David. I suppose you know this leads me to, to asking which industries or which sectors are leading the way when it comes to embracing AI? And on the back of that, what do you tell companies when you're trying to mm. persuade them to embrace AI apart from breaking it down for them? <laughs> well, perhaps if I start with the second question, I, I, like <laughs> sure. to, I, I like to keep it very simple, really, I mean, perhaps oversimplify. And my question is very, is point of view is, you know, do you want to make more money? Do you want to serve your customers better? Do you want to reduce your costs? And do you want to manage risks? If there's a yes to any of those four, it is AI. If the answer is no, we're not interested or we, we're good, then you know what? All's good. You don't need to go down that path. But that's what it is in the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Revenue, services, operations efficiency, and risk management. Right. That's, to me, the core element. Right. And then to your first point, in terms of the industries, of course, financial services. I mean, yeah. that's pretty much at the top of the of the in general sense, because, you know, the focus from a financial services, from a, you know, a money in and out perspective. But then it's quite broad. Okay. And it kind of extends, for example, in terms of the whole digital industries of the way we consume media, from movies all the way even now, actually, the way we even order our foods, every single one of them, we have to use data because it's about personalization. It's, it's how is Netflix able to award an entire season, not just the pilot, because they already know that they have the audience associated. Yeah. But it's expanding. You're finding now utilities are starting to use it because how do you maximize the shelf life of a product, of equipment? How do you assure that you're maintaining, let's say, delivery or from logistics all the way to power? It's expanding. But again, to be very upfront, 
The top of the line is still financial services, and the rest is kind of more sporadic. But what we're hoping is creating this realization as, as to whether you come from the more kind of prolific side of the house or the more traditional, such as construction, uh, cement, engineering, even them are using AI. I'll give you a very simple example. Safety monitoring. Yeah. How is, you have to have the ability to automatically detect when there's a potential hazard to alert in advance rather than basically relying on perhaps people, reviewing, where it's a bit more labor-intensive. David, I'm kind of running out of time. So this is a bit of a yes-no type of question, an imaginative opinion question. Have you ever had a conversation and discuss? is it possible to achieve peace in the world (laughs) through data? <laughs> mm, I'm going to go with a no. Okay, and we'll leave it at that, David. <laughs> I've been speaking with David R. Harden, who is Chief Executive Officer for Aboitis Data Innovation. Thank you so for your time. Take care. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.